in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, welcome everybody to this uh, bonus edition of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. We're going to start calling these Andrew and Jerry can't wait because there's just too much going on in the world. I can't wait, Andrew. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm Andrew Langer. I'm still uh, Jerry Rogers. And and it's funny because, you know, we're going to, we, we've decided after now that we're back doing these things on a weekly basis, we need to do more of them um, because we do, you know, invariably, right? If you, you, you know this, if you spent any time listening to both me and Jerry, uh, you know that that we we mentioned this that we talk what Jerry <laughs> at least once a day on the phone. Well, at least once a day, <laughs> sometimes uh, very times often more day. than that. And invariably, I will say to Jerry or Sarah, Jerry will say to me, <laughs> "We need to be having this conversation on the air." And it's funny, right? Because you've said in the past, "Well, we don't do show prep." Well, we're we're constantly doing show prep. Well, because we're reading and thinking and talking and more than living we're always talking to each other and that's right. and that's that's the point and so you know yesterday because we we do record this and when we recorded with david safavi and the whoopi goldberg thing hadn't even really happened as of yet um we tend to be ahead of the curve on a lot of news we do right jerry because you know we we we, we have a thoughtful take on something and that scene where we get we're able to size up a particular issue that's out there like free speech or the Supreme court or the Ukraine, and then something happens. So um, Whoopi Goldberg, you, you know, so Whoopi Goldberg goes and she says this thing on the view earlier this week. Do you want me to pull it up? Do I have to pull it up, Jerry? We'll pull it up. But as you're yeah. doing that, I'll just, again, remind our, our listeners that she, she made the absolute ignorant, foolish, dumb, stupid, statement that the holocaust the 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 systematic murdering of 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 jews under under hitler had nothing to do with race and it was and she actually said this she said that was you all you all you all yeah uh killing each other and and again uh it's 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 crazy ignorance for her not to understand the Holocaust. But yeah, I, I but, know you're hearing that. But also, it, it just goes to show you that she is a uh, she is part of the equity identity politics, and she sees everything uh, with this uh, intersectionality, right? Well, so it's it's funny, right? Because and here we go. I'm going to pull up the clip and, and play it. Let me uh, let me let me do that. I know as I'm as I'm producing on the fly here. You got to share screen. Da, da, da. All right. Oop. About race. All right, here we go. Let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. 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 It's no. And and some and one of her one of her colleagues, another idiot, agrees with about race. It's not about race. Because it's about man's inhumanity to man. Yeah, that's okay. what it's about. No, okay. So she says this, and and is is rightfully slammed uh, for what is an incorrect statement. And it's funny because when the news broke again after Jerry and I had done a, a fantastic episode with David Safavian, which if you haven't listened to Andrew and Jerry Save the Streets or watched, go and watch that. 
Um, but but Jerry and I were like, we didn't we didn't you know the reaction was you know okay so what should happen to Whoopi Goldberg because right she made the right. statement and then she apologized and then the question well, she, is what should happen she offered she offered a what I thought reading it a sincere apology yes. uh, uh, via Twitter. The problem is she then went on to the Steve Colbert show yeah. uh, and doubled down on her ignorance. But here's the thing. Before we get on to whether she should be fired, canceled, banned, and all the rest of it, uh, it's important to understand how insidious this is. Yes. Uh, again, it has to do with critical race theory uh, and identity politics and intersectionality, where where it's very important to uh, the critical race theory, to the CRT advocates and intellectuals uh, that uh, that uh, they redefine, they redefine, they must redefine uh, uh, equity and equality and power. And so in this theory, uh, in intersectionality, right, uh, anyone with power. Uh, cannot you, you cannot discriminate they uh, they they can't be victims uh, uh, because they have power and you see in Whoopi Goldberg's mind uh, Jews have power yeah so therefore since Jews have power there's no way that the Holocaust was about race there's no way that anti-Semitism is about race no of course not because it has to be something that she, she sees and it shows you the how superficial and thin and and ugly and fetish like their thinking is on race. Well, and it gets into, you know, when you and I talked about this and I pulled up something, a New York Times article about my old alma mater, my high school, not college, Fieldston, my high school. Um, you know, you, you, you and I had this discussion over whether or not we thought it was just plain ignorance on Whoopi Goldberg's part or whether or not it was emblematic of something that had gone much deeper. Right. Because there is this if you if you don't understand anything about World War II and the Holocaust, World War II, pre-World War II. And the right. Holocaust, you know, you, you might you might not understand that you, that the how the Nazis viewed uh, uh, Jews and, and the fact. But why that, why you know, can't it be both at the same time? Well, it can be. It certainly, yes. it certainly can be, Jerry. Why but, don't you explain my, real quick the history here? Uh, the Nuremberg laws, uh, what Hitler yeah. wrote in Mein Kampf. Uh, well, well, so so the, the point is, and it's funny because I once again went and I rewatched because I'm a masochist that way. I went and rewatched uh, Conspiracy, which is the 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 2002 HBO docudrama. It's not even docudrama; it's a drama taken out of the Vance Conference, which was the the gathering of high level Nazi officials in Germany to essentially get buy-in from everybody on the, the extermination of the Jews uh, and the debates that were happening at the time. And among, and, and part of that was. Let me stop you there for a second. Yeah. To get buy-in for the extermination of the Jews. Well, well, so, so no, no, under, you say, me, me, that's me, exactly me, how you say it. But, the, but that's, but that's, but what, because what happened is that at the Vance conference, which wasn't a conference as we think about it, it was a meeting of high level Nazi officials from various places in the government organized by Reinhard uh, Heydrich and, um, uh, oh, good Lord. And, um, um, why can I think of his name? Um, uh, played by Stanley Tucci in this movie. He was captured in Argentina 
Um, anyway, set that aside for a second. The point is that the meeting was organized specifically because as Reinhard Heydrich makes it clear to a number of officials, including um, uh, Dr. Wilhelm Stuckart, who was the author of the Nuremberg Laws and was very concerned with what was being discussed at the Wannsee Conference, um, he wanted to make sure that there was unanimity amongst all of these officials moving forward. And, um, and so the idea was, that it, so the, the Nuremberg Laws themselves essentially uh, demarcated uh, how you would classify various people depending on the degree of their Jewishness in German society, in Nazi German society. Um, because you had a lot of mixed marriages or some mixed marriages. And Adolf Eichmann. Adolf Eichmann, of course. Yes. Thank you very much. Adolf Eichmann. And so, and so Stuttgart talks about, about this. And one of the points that he makes clear is that he, he, he says that, you know, these laws demarcated the Jews as part of our species, but not a part of our race. And we have to be, and, and he's talking about this, you know, it, it, you know the, what this final solution uh, as a way of of sort of laying the case for why they were exterminating the Jews. You know, you, you talk about Hannah Arendt's concept of the banality of evil, which is this idea of you sort of let evil pass blithely by, and 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 it just sort of happens. Um, this demonstrates that it was far more insidious than mere banality. That the, anyway. We're getting we're getting very but far. Also, again, but again, just the bottom line, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hitler's victims, uh, the Holocaust. He saw them as a, in his words, right, a parasitic vermin, a parasitic yes. race. He saw them as a race, as a subhuman race. Uh, he believed in uh, racial purity, which is why he had to. And his goal was to eradicate Jews from the face of the earth. Yeah, and, and so the the, Nure, the initial Nuremberg laws were about removing the Jews from German society, so they can no longer hold the positions of power uh, that the that the Nazis claim was uh, uh, out of proportion. Their influence was out of proportion to their population. But but you know again, so so if you don't understand this, I suppose it is very easy, especially as we have distilled down the concept of racism in these very general. And, and not just ill-defined terms, but terms that have changed over time. But it also goes, you're right. And, and, and what we've done with racism today is, is that you have these uh, CRT advocates, these critical yes. race theory advocates who will say uh, ridiculous things like uh, the, the racism today, uh, the systemic, the societal racism today that African-Americans uh uh, encounter in America is no different than it was 70 years ago. And the reason why they say that and the reason why Whoopi Goldberg and what she says is so insidious uh, is that they view everything uh, through power structure. Yes. Uh, and, and you have to be in the hierarchy of a certain victim, which is why CRT, critical race theory advocates, would say something like Asians, because they're powerful, because they have wealth, uh, they are white adjacent. Uh, yes. the, the same thing with uh, with uh, Pakistanis and Asians, uh, 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 Indian Asians, where the, because because they would say this, they would say people with wealth and power, uh, they are the they are the ones who are racist and they create victims. And, and so this this gets into this other part of the topic, which is you know that um, as part of this CRT philosophy. Um, and I, I go back to, uh, as I teed this up, talking about my high school. 
So my high school, the Fieldston School, is a very progressive school. They, uh, um, a few years back, introduced this concept of racial affinity groups, which is, I mean, I want you to just think about this. So this is an elite and at the vanguard of progressivism in education. It's an ethical humanist school. The Society for Ethical Culture is a form of, of, of ethical humanism. And so the idea was you, you separate uh, these students by race to allow them to be empowered by working in their, in their race and to talk about the issues of, of racism in the day. And so the question then became, well, what about Jewish students? Are Jewish students considered, uh, are they considered separate or are they, or, or, or do Jews, are Jews allowed to hide in their own whiteness? And there is a philosophy, there is a, an idea that Jews can somehow, anyway, it, it, it perpetuates this kind of a, a cycle here of, of, uh, of um, I'm not going to say the, the victimhood cycle, but again, you know, when you view everything within this prism of skin color, then, then you get these very bizarre skewed results. And, and the thing is, too, is it's, o- it's only viewed through skin color in, in so far as it advances their power structure. Remember, yeah. um, uh, CRT, they're a theorist. They use the term white adjacent. Yes. And so there are certain people groups like Asians uh, who they don't consider uh, uh, victims because they are actually uh, a group with power uh, that uh, that victimizes others. Yeah. It, it is an ugly way to look at human nature and humankind. But Absolutely. let's get back to Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I think it's a combination of her of her of her ideology, of her ignorance, uh, and 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 therefore um, therefore. If she offers up an apology, I think we should accept it. I think we should offer grace and charity and accept it. But more to the point, right? Because again, now this gets into what happened with our friend Ilya Shapiro and who, who you know, we woke up. And on Joe Monday Rogan. Morning. And, and, and Joe Rogan. Yes, of course. And we woke up on Monday morning to find that, that Ilya Shapiro was supposed to start his position at Georgetown. Uh, that position uh, start date has been delayed while there's this investigation. And this well, is he's, not, he's, he's suspended. Yes. As he starts his job. Yes. And, so and there, which, so yeah, there can be students are going to protest in this whole thing. The, the, the point is, Jerry and I both had the same reaction to the Whoopi Goldberg situation, which was in the same way that Ilya Shapiro said something and he apologized. And it was probably an ill-conceived notion that Ilya Shapiro should not have uh, been suspended. And by the same token, Whoopi Goldberg should not have been suspended from the view. And there is something more important here, and this gets into what we're talking about, what we've now, talked about with now Joe Rogan. Record, hold on, hold on, hold on, right. hold on. What we talked about with Joe Rogan, what we talked about with Gene Volokh, what we've talked about extensively over the last few weeks. Because the problem that arises when someone says something stupid and they speak honestly about their opinion and their opinion may be wrong um, and we punish them for it in this very, very overly punitive way, what it does is, once again, as we talk about the importance of the conversation, we are now creating a climate where people cannot say what's on their mind because they're afraid of saying something dumb and afraid of something that is fun, saying something fundamentally wrong and being 
canceled for it. And again, the only way you can solve problems in this world is by having a discussion. And if you don't know what someone's what's on someone's mind because they they feel afraid to speak out what they say, well, how can you possibly educate them? How can we possibly move forward as a society? Thank well, God, Jerry, hold on. Thank God, Whoopi Goldberg said what she said. Right? Because, I don't agree because with now it. we because now because now we know that she's ignorant of history, ignorant of the. Holocaust, but also more importantly, we know that her ideology uh, is is what keeps her in her ignorance. Yes. All right. But, and, but I want to say something about ahead, Shapiro, and that is I, I don't agree. I don't think he said something stupid. I don't think he should have apologized. Um, I think that uh, I think that what he said was perfectly uh, relevant, ex- given the language and the context of of what the left puts forward. The left puts forward this false notion that we should choose someone for the Supreme Court based solely, only on yeah. her race and on her gender. And, and what he said was using their language and their ideology and reversing it back to them uh, that, well, if you do this and you exclude all these others, well, then you're going to get a lesser candidate. Well, and, and, and more to the point, right? I, I, I think it could have been, personally, I think it could have been better worded. I understood what he sure. was getting at, plus because yes. I know Ilya Shapiro. But, but then you also have to remember, we're talking about Twitter. We're talking about- right. a, how many characters are you allowed? What you get now, what I think it's what? 240 characters right. you now get. Characters, not words, 240 characters. So you're very limited in exactly what you can write. Now you can do multiple tweets in a row, as I did yesterday, advertising right. Andrew and Jerry Save the World, which if you're not subscribed to it, you really ought to be. Um, but but the point being that you are, so so it lends itself to very inartful- language and a very inartful way of doing these things but here, but here's the thing i'll throw it at you i'll throw Please. it at you andrew and that is um uh the uh morning joe show yeah the co-host oh micah micah, Mi- micah brzezinski is it micah or is it mika whatever it is whatever it is you know who i'm talking about yes um she went off to say how terrible this is we know whoopi's heart right now Here's the problem with the cancel culture. The left gives this broad benefit of the doubt. Well, we know, Whoopi, we know her heart. Well, then there are myriad conservatives or those who aren't even conservative, just those who say something that the power structures of the left don't like, and they immediately have to be banned or labeled. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan uh, is a... Bernie Sanders supporting uh, a left of center person who is, you know, attempts to ban him or at the very least uh, to put labels on him um, uh, has everything to do with power structure. Uh, And I, and I I, look, I think that. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just think it's a mistake. If you make a legitimate mistake, apologize like Whoopi. Uh, I don't I don't think, though, uh, if you did nothing wrong except offend the uh, the virtue signalers and the snowflakes, I think I think apologizing to the mob uh, is always a mistake. Well, I, listen, and, and because you've seen what happened when Ilya Shapiro, uh, uh, he apologized to the mob. Right. And it's 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 ne- it's never enough. 
it, right. it doesn't it, it in the end it's never enough the redskins another again yeah. dealing with race the redskins announced uh, this week uh, when we were off air yesterday uh, they announced that their new name is going to be the commanders the commies the washington commies well again it's a ridiculous name they waited a year to announce this it's a bad name the commies uh, let's go commando it's just in every way stupid but here's the thing and i called you yesterday to say this yes the washington post had a a guest up yes of course yes right had an op that was the other thing i wanted to talk from, about from a native american uh, uh advocate who said eh, too little too late change what are we supposed to care it doesn't exactly. change it doesn't we're, change it and i pointed out to jerry that if someone had written that at the height of all of this right that person would have been canceled right I, again it is it, it is you know it's, it's so funny i'm reminded of the concept in the in the passover seder um the, the concept of Dianu, have you ever heard this? You ever, you've done, I don't know if you've ever been to a Seder, Jerry, but but it's a, it's a word in Hebrew and essentially means it would have been sufficient. It would have been enough. If God had done this, it would have been sufficient. If he'd right. just let us out of Egypt, if he'd just done this. And, and, and this is almost like the anti-Dianu. You know, it's, there's nothing, there's not, there, it's never enough. It's, it's, it's nothing is ever sufficient enough when, when the mob is frothing at the maw right. and they want to put somebody up on the yard arm. Um, this is, this, you know, it's, it's never enough, but, and this gets into, see, this is, this is the, the danger. And, and there are two dangers here. Uh, there is the danger a, uh, uh, that the left doesn't people on the right do, which is to try to make a value judgment about the f- sufficiency of someone's apology. The idea of peering into somebody's heart, uh, th- that that's always, that's always a, a, a dangerous, uh, always a, a very dangerous place to go. But the other danger here is um, the victory lap that people take over Whoopi Goldberg being suspended because of a tit right. for tat thing. Our side, right. Uh, but, but, but yeah, yes. Remember that that they are suspending Whoopi Goldberg to set a standard um, uh, by which everybody else ought to be judged. The sort of the the and and that's a, it's a very dangerous place to be, right? Because Whoopi Goldberg said the dumb thing, she apologized. People still, you know, if the left is to be believed, we understand what her heart was like. Yet, despite all of this stuff, we're still going to suspend her for two weeks. That is a really dangerous place for a society to be in. That that even if it, again it feeds into this idea of you can't say something stupid. Now listen, I'm going to say something, Jerry. Well, I, 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 oh, no, 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 I, I, no, 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 no. I want. I, I mean, I, I wanna... think people, I think people, the left say stupid things all the time. Uh, Whoopi's the exception that proves the rule. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, the whole double standard thing. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that, but I, but I, I'm going to say something because you can't say this because you're still on the air. But I'm going to say this because I'm no longer on the air. Um. I, we would, we, I would get cautioned about things I could talk about on the air and the way I could talk about it on the air. And, you know, in the wake of my friend, Chad Dukes being fired again for something he said on a podcast um, and, and, you know, uh, you know, again, the, the cancel culture was out there. Um, You know, it it is, it is something that happens. It is something that happens. Now, Chad was on a sports station, so it's a little different, but the point is the pressures are there even on a supposedly center right station. I didn't say the name of the station. Did I, Jerry? Good. You did not. I'm not going to say the name of the station, Um, but the, the tone policing uh, that is out there. Now, you know, me, all of you know me. 
I'm a thoughtful, I'm a rational guy. I was, I, I, I am someone who, because of my background and experience, um, uh, speaks from the heart and speaks in a very balanced and even-handed and level-headed approach to things. Um, but this is this is the era in which we are we are in, uh, in which someone can say something objectively stupid, and because you have in certain instances corporate masters, who uh, who are deathly afraid of their phony baloney jobs. Uh, that they will, that they will, that they will uh, express caution, uh, and and you know something as I've as I've said, what it leaves you with, with very few exceptions, of which my co-host is one of, uh, of of really 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 bad radio. <laughs> anyway, that that was not my the point of my rant. No, but but, my, but, but, my, but, but I mean, this is the thing. Uh, look look, and I, you and I are remarkably consistent because yes. Um, again, I, I've always believed that uh, that. Uh, that if you apologize sincerely, uh, the second chance reconciliation, I, I believe in it. Uh, I, I find it very interesting, though, that, you know, and I'm going to pick on him because 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 he's such a sellout. Uh, David French, right, yep. former National Review. Uh, he's at the dispatch now. He's uh, uh, at Time magazine. When Roseanne Barr was canceled for, for whatever ridiculous thing she said, whatever toxic, toxic thing she said. And she apologized. Yep. Um, David French had no problem with her being canceled. Uh, today he writes, or yesterday he writes on Twitter, shouldn't apologies count for something? Given yeah. that we're all imperfect, we should want a society where contrition meets forgiveness. I agree with David French, but my point is, is that, and my point to the morning Joe uh, uh, cast of characters and others is that you can't all of a sudden find religion. Yeah. This is a, this is a principle uh, that should be in place. If someone says something and it's, it's wrong and they apologize, I think we need to move on. And I, and to your point, when we started the program, this program, yeah. we have to give people the ability to kind of think out loud. Absolutely. A hundred percent without yeah. a doubt. Yes. I mean, otherwise we're going to have, uh, uh, stifle conversations. We won't have the exchange of ideas, and we won't find the the solutions needed for the many problems that we face. And by the way, yeah. So Roseanne Barr was fired for 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 uh, racist tweets uh, about about Valerie Jarrett's appearance. Um, and, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yes, the, yes. Yes. Again, yes. It's, it's neither it's neither here nor there. It's not not uh, directly related. Yeah, right. 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 The conversation. Here's what we know. Um. And I said this, I've said this a couple of times, um, you know, as I, as I said on, on the Tuesday show, um, had a conversation with my wife uh, after watching uh, the VP for communications at Substack get attacked on, on Twitter over Substack's approach to free speech on their platforms. We are at a very dangerous point in our society, um, a very strange place. And it, it's a place where I am, when I speak about my worry um, I, I speak about it because I know what happens. <laughs> Listen, we want to go back to Nazi Germany and, and talk about these things. We know what happens in Nazi Germany, Soviet Union, any, any uh, totalitarian society in, in which you cannot speak out, in which the bad thing that is being done in the world is, in, uh, is incumbent upon making sure that you get 
uh, forced buy-in from folks around you. Well, right? and, 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 and our very our very present trouble uh, uh, is in need of speaking out. Uh, when we talk about these COVID restrictions and yes. mask mandates, uh, whether we should get two-year-olds uh, uh, vaccinated right. now, I mean, we should be having conversations about the science, the data, uh, data, and the evidence. But the problem is, is that you bring on an expert. You, you and I could bring bring in somebody uh, who is lettered, who is uh, has a pedigree uh, that is second to to nobody, and if he says something that the current uh, narrative against the current na- narrative. Well, then we're banned or canceled. That's right, Jerry. I mean, I could bring on and have a conversation, for instance, with the editor of the most read website aggregator of public health news in America. I can have a conversation with him <laughs> and he speaks openly and honestly about what he's been reading. And all of a sudden that that video can be uh, right. canceled. Well, by listen, YouTube. folks, right now, if Andrew and if Andrew and I uh, go to, in a certain direction when it comes to vaccines uh, and their effectiveness, or we have a conversation about cloth masks and their effectiveness, uh, uh, YouTube could just cancel the video. And more to the point, you know, once you get that mark and you get, you know, beyond a warning, you know, and you get your three strikes, you're out. Right. And, that, and that's, yeah. and that's, that's certainly something that Jerry, Jerry and I have talked about. And, and, anyway, and again, I'll just, I'll just close, I'll close my thought here. And that is remember a lot of what was um, considered science just six months yeah. ago, there is new data, new evidence. And here's the thing I, I was talking to a, um, a former um, high-ranking uh, government official yesterday uh, in the in the healthcare field. I do that because I'm the editor at Real Clear Health, uh, and he was telling me that the CDC is in crisis. And uh, how do we fix it? And my response to him was transparency. Yes. Uh, admit mistakes. Don't overhype the the issue or the problem. Uh, allow for discourse. Don't demonize. Uh, uh, don't demonize those who want to have a broader conversation. Uh, trust the American people, and guess what? The American people will reward you and trust you back. This is the, you know it, it, going beyond the speech issue, right? Which is, and this is bound up in it. We have to reignite the right to be wrong. Yes. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, right. What, what is it? We make the uh, complicated, the complex conversational, right. Uh, you have to reinstall allow people right. the freedom uh, to, to talk openly and they might, they might misspeak. They might say the wrong thing. They might yes. make a mistake. They might be wrong. You, you know, know it, look, it, listen, it's funny. Have, hold on, hold on. Imagine if we ahead, never let our, imagine if we never let our children have a conversation with us where they, they might say the wrong thing or be wrong about something, you know, and how, it's, how do you teach them? That's exactly it. And, and, and part of this is, is, you know, taking a moment of glee when someone, when someone does right. this, you know, it, it's funny because, I had a friend uh, post on Facebook a a, a picture uh, that is supposedly was supposedly from a, a, a deep space telescope of the moon passing in front of the Earth, and part of the caption of it was a statement that the moon does not rotate. Um, now I know that that is a that that is not true. The moon does rotate, and I don't want to get into the whole science here. The point is. I, 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 because this person is, is someone who's interested in science, I wanted to say something, but I had to think for a moment about whether or not I really wanted to issue 
this kind of a correction and how I wanted to do it. Um, because, you know, again, we are in this culture where people, people are afraid to be wrong and they see any kind of a correction as, um, as, as, uh, uh, some kind of personal attack. You know, it's funny you say that because, um, uh, you know, I have a seven-year-old Liam is seven yeah. and, uh, he wants approval. He wants uh, his sisters to approve of him. He wants his mom and dad. Uh, and uh, and there are times when I have to correct him and it's as if his world is ending. Yes. And I'm trying to explain to him, I love you. This is my job. Yes. And I, again, I, I not that I came down heavy on him or even raised my voice, but just simple corrections. He's yeah. so upset that he's wrong. And I actually said to him yesterday because I went to basketball practice with him yesterday. And there were a couple of things that he you know, he was doing. I, I, I corrected. Uh, like a dad would, you know, it lovingly yeah, did it, you know, uh, a very proud, you know, uh, I'm so proud of you. Hey, yeah. consider this. Uh, and, um, and he was really upset by it. I said, Liam, I said, I said, you have to give me the freedom as your dad to be able to help you and teach you. Absolutely. And, and, and again, I, I, I hope that uh, I, un- you can understand how a seven-year-old mind hey. mind works, but for, for grownups and for, and for major organizations and science a uh, uh, science-based and health-based organizations not to want to have a conversation over yeah. ideas is just is dangerous. I think at the end of the day, yeah, right. And listen, we got we could have a lengthy, lengthy conversation about about the the. I'm not going to even say the dumbing down of America, but the concept of participation trophies and how this might feed into this. I think at the end of the Go day, listen Jerry, to Kid Rock's new song. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, Jerry, when we look back, you know, however long this uh, project goes, Andrew and Jerry save the world. Andrew and Jerry can't wait. I think when we look back on the breadth of our shows together, that's what's going to come out of it. And, and that, that this idea of the importance of the conversation um, and the importance of the conversation in solving problems and the importance of the conversation in, in moving along and, and, and part and parcel of that is recognizing yeah. that people have that right uh, to be wrong. Uh, Jerry, listen, sorry, go ahead. Final thoughts. Only because you're so smart. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Jordan Peterson was on with Joe Rogan recently. Yep. And he talked about the conversation. And essentially, he said the conversation is also something uh, that helps us keep our humanity. A hundred percent. Yeah. And without the conversation, I'll say this to you. I said it yesterday or two days ago when we did our show, um, when the Puritans came to America, uh, the first thing they built wasn't a church, wasn't a barn. It was a pub, a public house. Why? Because the importance of conversation. Listen, I, 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 and this is sort of my closing thought on this. Not that I, I think that commercials should guide us, but remember a couple of years back, there was that Heineken commercial. And it was, they built a a makeshift bar. I think it was Heineken. Excuse me. They built a makeshift bar in like a warehouse, wherever they were filming this commercial. And two people came in and they didn't know each other and they were handed a beer and they just had a conversation. And it turned out that they were on wildly different pages from each other, politically, socially, whatever. And that's, and that's the, 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 the point in the end is that you have to have these conversations without any preconceived notions about the other people. All, all of these things are, are Andrew, are you and I are old enough to remember having conversations and, and having friendships uh, with people who 
did not or do not agree with us. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that was, me. that, hey, no, I, 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 I mean, I, again, I, again, I know we're closing out here, but I remember years ago when I taught at Iona, uh, uh, there's a, one of the teachers, her, her, her first name was Liz, uh, and she was a hippie, leftover kind of hippie from the 60s, 70s, and she was all about peace and love and, and all the rest of it and, and uh, was a, a very anti-establishment, anti-church even, uh, and, uh, and I loved her company. And I was a square, young, conservative. I even wore the uniform with the, the blue blazer and the khaki pants. Sure. And she and I were great friends. It and again, that's, that's just one example. I had a thought the other day. Uh, I, I remember a distinct conversation with one of my best friends growing up, um, a guy that I had been in nursery school with. And, and until we <laughs> stopped talking as a result of, of the Trump nomination, and you know, we can talk about it. We need to dedicate a show to how Trump broke America in that way. And I, and I don't mean that in a good way. I'm not taking glee about it. I remember having a conversation in my kitchen. This, is, this had to be in the late 80s when we were having a debate in America over whether or not there should be a constitutional amendment to outlaw burning the flag. And he was a staunch defender of the First Amendment and free speech. Um, and, and was aghast at this. And I, you know, I, I, you know, I, there were things that I knew then and, and things that I didn't know then, right. I was 16, 17 years old. And I said, well, I think that it's, I, I think that we shouldn't, I said, then I don't believe this now. I said, well, I, you know, if you are burning the flag of America, you shouldn't enjoy the comforts of the freedoms that America provides. Now, I don't, I don't agree with that now. I want to be really clear about that. I know I've just said that. And he and I went back and forth and debated and discussed this. And, it, and in point of fact, he was very right. Um, I, I, am, I am very much, and it was probably within a few years that I became the free speech absolutist that I, that I am. But I wondered the other day about that conversation and what that friend would think about what's happening in the world today about what's happened with Joe Rogan and Spotify and what's happening yeah. probably probably isn't thinking much about Ilya Shapiro, but what's going on with Whoopi Goldberg and what she had to say. And I'm wondering if he is still the free speech absolutist. As I said, I haven't had a conversation with him in more than five years. Um, um, the last convert, I, I won't get into the last conversation. Let, 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 let me ask you this question anyway. as we, as we close yeah. out and as we conclude, I, I feel like a pastor and in conclusion. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but also another big item that happened uh, uh, yesterday uh, is uh, Jeff Zuckerberg. No, no. Jeff uh, Zucker. Uh, Jeff Zucker. Yes. Sorry. Um, Jeff Zucker um, uh, forced to resign. And, and here, here's my take on that just real quick. I said to my daughter, Bridget yesterday, Jeff Zucker, um, president of Siena, right. That he was having an affair with, um, the chief, uh, vice president, you know, of communication of marketing, yeah. of, uh, at CNN. Uh, and, and, but she was someone who was very much involved, uh, as even as communications director, uh, for the Andrew Cuomo, uh, uh, administration yes. in New York city. And I thought to myself, I said this to my daughter, this is the problem and why, uh, we trust Joe Rogan more than we trust CNN. And that is because, sure. because it, it's so, it's so connected the politics uh, to the personal and they have relationships and think about though, think about everything, how CNN covered Andrew Cuomo during the COVID really? and how they, you know, how they made him, you know, Cuomo sexuals. Remember? 
Yeah, I remember. Oh, and yeah. and it turns out that, I mean, my goodness, I mean, the head of the network uh, is sleeping with the former head of communications for the governor. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's funny because there, there, there have been these lists that have been published from time to time about the nature of the relationship between people who are inside the branches of government and people. George Stephanopoulos. Uh, yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Um Oh, it, it was even Chuck more Todd. During, during during the Obama administration. I mean, I remember the list coming out about the senior White House officials who were all in relationships with folks who were at the top of the major media. How does this fit in with your free speech? Um, uh, how did you phrase it? Free speech absolutism. Ab- absolutism. Uh, if, if you are someone who is coming out of an administration or a political office, Congress, whatever, it doesn't make a difference, a political office that you are um, banned uh, like the lobbying ban, that you're banned to go into a network. I'm not a banning, right? I go the other right. way, which is the idea of disclosure, as you've been talking about, which is, which is, you know, this idea. Now, I, I suppose somebody could have done the research, and the problem, of course, is, is that then, you know, CNN will will cast aspersions on whoever's doing the research, and I, I'll, I'll offer up a story in a second. Right. <clears throat> but this idea of I didn't bring my water with me today, that's why I'm coughing. Um. But right, if 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 someone had reported that that Jeff, not even it didn't even have to be Jeff Zucker's girlfriend, uh, Paramore, whatever. But the, the 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 fact that the vice president of marketing for CNN was the former communications director for Governor Andrew Cuomo, I mean that's something that that should be that should be disclosed. Um, yes. You know, here's here's the 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 problem. Of course, is Jerry that we're no longer teaching ethics in journalism anymore. We've, we've talked about this on the show, uh, or maybe you and I've talked about it personally. Sometimes those conversations blur, but <laughs> right. You know, the, the idea we talked about it with regard, I know we're going much longer than I thought we were going to today, but right. We're, we're um, you had the story a couple of weeks ago that NPR reported that, that yes. justice, uh, uh, Justice Gorsuch and Justice Justice Sotomayor was staying away from the high court because Justice Gorsuch had refused to wear a mask in contravention of the orders of the Chief Justice, Justice Roberts. And NPR reported this, but never uh, uh, took the time to actually call any of those three offices <laughs> right. and get comment on this, which is a bedrock principle of professional journalistic ethics. And I'm, as, I, as I said to you, Jerry, I don't think I said it on the air. I was crosswise in this. Uh, I, would, I don't remember how many years ago it was when, N, when a, an NPR affiliate in Virginia did a story about me and the work that I was doing with Institute for Liberty, and they never called me for comment. Yeah. I didn't even know the story was being done until I started getting a flurry of phone calls from family members who happened to hear it. Yeah. But, you know, it, but, you know, or I'll give you another example. A New York, several examples, New York Times reporter asking me for an interview uh, under topic X or MSNBC asking me for an interview on topic X and then switching the topics on you, you know, when you're when you're there, when you're on the air. Or, 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 you know, the, the myriad times when uh, they interview someone uh, and then only use snippets sure. and cut it up. And, and, and so, this happens and, all the time. Yeah. And so that this is, this is my point is that journalistic ethics are very much out the window. Um, and, and because now we're now, because we are in this, we are in this uh, uh, era of advocacy journalism. So instead of teaching journalistic ethics 
in a journalism school in America, uh, every reporter is now being taught how to be a political advocate and, for whatever and Andrew, cause they believe and, in. And, and you mentioned his name earlier. And, I'll, and again, um, my last thought is that, um, and we saw this, we saw journal, journalists, not ex-politicos who have become journalists, but journalists uh, made the point uh, in 2016 uh, that they had to do everything uh, in their influence, in their power, uh, to make sure Donald Trump uh, is driven from office. Hundred percent. That's. I mean, again, and, and and you know, so journalism really is dead again, which is why the Joe Rogan podcast, the Andrew and Jerry Save the World podcast, and other such exchanges of ideas really are the future of the of public discourse. There, there we go. Listen, Jerry, let's let's leave it there because we were supposed to go a half hour. Yes. We've gone just under 50 minutes here. Uh, next week, we're going to have a, a, a brand new show. We're going to we're going to do an Andrew and Jerry can't wait later on. And I might have an announcement well. next, ne- next week in terms of a uh, real clear podcast. So I'll, wow. I'll, uh, yeah, I, 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 well, I'll say it now. Uh, there might be no, a no, real, no, 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 no. Same for next hold, week. Okay, well, we'll, hold we'll, on to we'll until it happens. Next week, all right. Don't, 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 don't jinx it. Uh, uh, Jerry, I know you, 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 you want to tell people to, 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 to plant their feet. How do they plant their feet? <laughs> Find the truth, plant your feet, and stand firm. God bless you. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching <laughs> for the stars. Have a, a, a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe. <laughs>